I'm sure Russ has said some questionable things to edit out. Surprisingly, not as surprisingly, not as I'm the one who it's always did. Oh. And we try to keep it a, like mostly PG. I thought he was the good guy. Me? Yes. No, him. Jay. No, I thought, no. I well, thought he's. That's the problem. Being the Christian fundamentalist, yeah. he's the one that are has the though? most problems. Fundamentalist? Are you? No. A, are well, you a, a fundy? A, a... No. Those are fighting words. <laughs> no. Ooh. That's like ding ding. That's a loaded. Uh, oh man. Title. <laughs> that's me like wanting to throw something. Yeah. <laughs> Go Rowdy Roddy Piper here. Welcome to the podcast where your hosts sample a different scotch each season while we dive into current social, political, and economic issues each episode. This is Scotch and Socialism. Anyways, tonight we are joined by two special guests, Sean and Audrey, comparatively Shaudry. Collaboratively, Collaboratively. Shaudry, not comparatively, comparatively Shaudry. My, my mind is gone. I've been dealing with stupid people. I'm on people three hours of sleep and I've word better than this right now. Dude, I've been playing stupid whack-a-mole all week. It's driving me insane. Well, so have I, just, <laughs> just differently. Different context. Yeah, just differently. Fair enough. Anyways, we are joined by the lovely Sean and the... Careful. Amazing, Audrey. All right, <laughs> I right? was like, what are yeah, you going to follow he, that yeah. up with? You pulled up at the last second on that airplane. Please don't abuse our guests. <laughs> That's why they're here. <laughs> and the topic tonight is millennial marriage, and probably just marriage in general, and the symbiosis slash parasitic relationships that exist in the world fiduciary. today. Fiduciary. And possibly fiduciary beneficial happiness that You're it is. fiduciary. Yes, I am. Emphasis on the middle syllable. Um, <laughs> God, words, God, words are so <laughs> terrible. Anyways, um, yeah, I mean, I, are we doing full intro or I could if you want yeah. me to finish. I just usually don't know what uh, what else. What's there. your resident for the evening? So anyways, I'm Russ and I'm your resident permanent bachelor for the evening. Perma batch. I'm Griff. Uh, that's why we're recording in my house. That's true. We are. I'm Griff, your resident. Gosh, I'm, I'm the long termer. When you it comes are. to marriage. I've been married five and a half years. Wow. Right, everyone else in this room, you are amazingly old, Grandpa. That's true. Yeah. Get off my lawn. Coming from <laughs> Russ. That's fantastic. Marriage-wise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jake. You're all by myself wow, for the he, evening. He tried way hard. Is there normally singing in this? No, there's not. Only if you want to. <laughs> Feel free. You're the, y'all won't. are the guests. So you can do whatever we you want. We should totally have a musical episode. Oh, Do we gosh, really? Yes. We could we could auto tune it. It would be fine. Oh, God. The T Pain Voice Omatic three thousand. Yes. <laughs> yes, I'd come back for that episode <laughs> as long as there was T Pain. Some voice of work there. Yes, it'd <sighs> be great. We're also joined by. We've already introduced well, them. Yes, but it's they haven't Sean gotten given their. I I'm Audrey. <laughs> I'm the resident newlywed for the evening. So what does that make Sean? I'm Sean, the resident. You can also be a newlywed. Co-newlywed? Newlywed and co-newlywed. I, I, I was like going to say, I think he just got demoted. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> associate newlywed? Associate. Yeah, if this is higher education, you could be an associate I'm newlywed. just here so I don't get fined. No. <laughs> Full disclosure, we are not paying Sean and Audrey. So that, that's an interesting yeah. concept, right? So Audrey, apparently, wearing the pants tonight. Um, Sean, following appropriately. But I feel like that's a standard in marriage. Someone's always the the... The breadwinner, if you will, right? Not necessarily financially speaking, but just in general. Usually, that's somebody, literally how that term is used. I'm aware. Okay, <laughs> I this is why people say that they're both wearing podcast. pants. Tonight, they're both wearing so. pants. I'm not. Anyways, he, so. he is. Listeners, he is. Thank God. <laughs> These are ultimate frisbee shorts. They sure. are loungewear. They're not. I want to see the video of you playing ultimate frisbee. Well, that doesn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> Continue. I can enjoy loungewear from a sport that I've never participated in. Yeah, girls can have yoga pants. See? Y'all are getting dangerously close to the millennial A word. Athleisure. I've never heard You've that You've never word. heard of no. athleisure? It's, That's a multi-billion horrible. dollar industry. Spending Lululemon. like $200 on a pair of sweats. <laughs> what? Really? You well, you have them. to look like you're constantly going to or coming from the gym. But uh, also going to or coming from the spa. What about coming to going to from yes. the laundromat? Mm. Are we talking like I'm out of pants for the <laughs> These day? These people and would not things? have ever set foot in a laundromat. Fair. 
athleisure is kind of how I want my marriage to end up, you know, end up. <laughs> well, just like, that's how I'd want to like, have it be described is just like athleisure. If you could describe your marriage <laughs> in one word, <laughs> it's like, I'm not, it God. looks like, you know, we were trying hard and we've got everything like solved, but actually we've just been kicking it and we'll, we'll figure out the problems later down the so road. So you want to be a retired old couple. That's literally what you've just described. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty close to Russ and I's friendship. So true. Aww. When do the matching sweatsuits happen? I already tried. I was going to say, I'm pretty I've sure tried with the no earrings. Too pink. I've tried with the earrings and I've tried with the hair and I, I can't get, I can't mm, get it. So yeah. you just both? haven't gotten the right material for your that's matching right. suits. You both have ponytails right now. So yeah. that's true. Yeah. We did, uh, you know, we did matchy like uh, pictures for when we cut off our hair after quarantine and stuff like that was that was a little matchy matchy yeah i don't think i've ever matched with my wife i'm the other resident married millennial even though my other half is not here she's off you know contributing to society right um yeah i've never isn't contributing to society she's like making a direct impact on the lives of children this is just narration (laughs) this is what english majors think of when they think of contributing to society Ah. yeah tossing it into the void and hoping someone listens Hey, man, if you're going to stare into the void, you might as well talk into it. Fair. Welcome to our podcast. Those of you who are just joining us and or for the first time, we don't it doesn't veer, get any better. We don't veer into Nietzscheisms that much, although it's been happening more frequently. I think we're losing grips on reality at this point in season two. It's kind of fun. Reality is a construct. Anyway, so Chaudhry, how long have you guys been married? One quarantine. We've been married for about a year and a half. Pre, so your your wedding was the harbinger of all of our. It was legitimately was. the last thing a lot of people say is they're like the only the last time I did literally anything in life was your wedding. Wow! And then they were like, then life paused forever. And then there's just gray. Yeah, yeah, pretty for much twenty months. Well, I mean, March lasted forever. They got married on February 29th. Yeah. Oh, and of course, that's how millennial to get married on a leap year? On a leap year, she day. picked it. I'd yeah, and that was apparently like the best decision I ever made. Because <laughs> now everybody makes the same joke to me about how I don't have to get her a gift once every four years. Well, I was thinking more about getting married before COVID happened. Also a thing. <laughs> also that. That's how I not, started not planning the frugalness it. Frugalness of the date. <laughs> yeah. uh, Audrey that, read the tea leaf. She's like, China. That does bring up an interesting night. question. So for non-leap years, do you celebrate your anniversary just at the end of February or like a few days into March? We'll be lucky if I remember to celebrate it on, on Ooh. actual leap years too. Ooh. Ooh. I think it's whatever works out. Yeah. I think we did March 1st this year. Yeah. I feel like, like the 28th seems like just a little too short. Sure. And so like, I, th- I feel like March 1st kind of makes more sense. It's like you definitely passed March or February 29th. Yeah. That's cause, fair. Cause like there's couples and stuff that we know of that like they have to have it on the day. On the day. And yes. like for us w- with every holiday and even our anniversary and stuff, we're so nonchalant about it as far as like, Oh, are we getting gifts? Uh, no, you buy yourself something. I'll buy myself something. You know, we're good to go. Like as far as like last Christmas. And then as far as anniversary, it's like, are we busy? Is something going on in life? You know, how how much time and energy do we want to put in? I feel like that's a newer standard and especially goes against like my parents specifically. My parents' anniversary is October 31st, Halloween. Wow. Oh, wow. I don't know why. Of all the days. I know, right? I don't know why they decided to make that their anniversary why they got married on that honeymoon trick or treating man something <laughs> somebody got tricked um <laughs> somebody mm, okay. does that mean that somebody one. got a treat then too damn it Sean. <laughs> <laughs> didn't want to but i didn't want to like my mom gets angry with him if he doesn't do anything that day like it could be like a wednesday and she's like how come he didn't buy me something aren't we going out tonight and it's just one of those scenarios where it's like you guys went out on saturday right yeah well you could have gone out the next Saturday, too, if you wanted to. And he got you those roses on Monday, right? Well, yeah, but he didn't get anything for me on Wednesday. It's like, well, okay. I mean, it, it was for the occasion. Does it have to be within the 24-hour period from which you got married? I mean, dear yes. Lord. The and, clock starts. And apparently the answer is yes for older generations. I, I haven't met a lot of older people who don't do that. Well, what's interesting is my, my parents have been married for 30, gosh, 30-something years. And um, they are pretty... I mean, they stick to the anniversary fanfare, I guess sure. you could say, but they usually do something like, because their anniversary is in August, they're both in education, so they're both off for the summer. So they're like, oh, we're going to the coast or something for the, the whole week. Sure. You know, 
they do like little stuff, you know, little like little things, but they don't go in that aggressively for like the, you know, standing on ceremony for it. Sure. And it's interesting because it seems to be kind of tapering between the generations. So my parents are in their early 60s, yours are in their late 70s, early 80s, 70s, early 80s. And my wife and I are in our early 30s. And kind of like what Sean was saying just a second ago, we don't really do anything big or fancy. Like, you know, I might, I might stop by and get her flowers on the way home, but it's not like, Oh, we got to plan all this whole stuff out. And, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like the further you get into the generations, the less attached we are to these formal acknowledgements of, you know, anniversaries or, or new years or things like that, that traditionally have been more of staples, I maybe mean, not staples, but fixtures in kind of, you know, American married culture. And I think it'd be really interesting to see what the Gen Z or whatever we're calling them um, do for their, cause they'll probably be getting married pretty soon in the next couple of years, if not already. So definitely already. I have students that I had as sixth graders are they actually that getting married are getting married. I told them that I'm getting them a wedding gift, but they have to get me a walker. There you go. Cause I feel like my parents' generation was, or probably yours. It was like early twenties when people got married. And then for like your generation, it was probably like late twenties. I mean, you might be a little different cause you've already been married for five years. Well, actually let's, let's do this. My parents got married in 83. My dad would have been 22. My mom would have been 23. Okay. I was 22. Five, almost twenty. Well, not, no, I was only yeah, I was twenty five, almost twenty six. So not that when far. I got off. married. How old were you all? Well, last year. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I would have been twenty nine, so she would have been twenty six. Yeah, I think twenty. So it's just three year so increments. Later. Yeah, just kind of a little generation. <laughs> I mean, that's not honestly, that's not far off because my my grandparents, my paternal grandparents, got married when they were like nineteen. I was gonna say, I feel like that was a thing, but like, that was a that was almost like a survival thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, you had to, to merge the clans. I mean. Maybe not use that term about Southerners. Always <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> affiliated with that. Sorry, I didn't realize the pointy hats. Yeah, I didn't realize uh, they were Southern. Oh, yeah. I thought he, well, I I thought he was referencing grip. his oh. red hair and meaning like the clan, the right? Irish clan. That's what I was thinking. Talking about incest. I, I'm really confused. Well, wow, he, he is from hey, Alabama. Hey, got to keep it in the family. So, but something you were kind of saying as far as like you know the older generations, like my grandparents, they got married when she was uh, completely of legal age and he was 19. And, um, and so like <laughs> they, um, they've been together for such a very long time, but it's like, they, I think the older generations, I think are more committed to each other and focused in on that. Sure. They're getting married earlier and they're staying together longer. And so I think maybe our nonchalantness about giving gifts and stuff has to do with the fact that I don't feel as like tied to the hip with her as I think I see my parents or grandparents or whatever sure. are much, much more like, Oh, we're together all the time. That's which an interesting I, notion. It is. And I'm curious how much of it is a generational thing, which it seems to be like getting married later is a pretty common trend throughout the generations. Um, but also that idea of like what you were talking about. I, I hesitate to use the term codependency because um, usually that's offered in a bit of a negative light, which it can certainly be. Um, I would describe certain relationships within my own family as very codependent. Um, the whole, like, we have to do everything together all the time sort of the deal. And even what you were talking about with gifts or et cetera earlier, I think is, I don't know how much of that is not happening within our generation, but I could, uh, cause I also see the exact opposite where I have cohort that are way more like we have to do like a big thing every year and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I've personally never quite been that person. Uh, but I grew up around a lot of people who were, but then again, my parents weren't like that really. So it's, I wonder how much of it is truly generational versus, um, just other, what other factors really See, kind of affect that. I think I actually had two thoughts while you're speaking about that. One is that in earlier marriages, like our grandparents, um, the kind of working world was such, especially with more kind of old school values of, you know, the man working and the, the wife sure. staying at home, getting married young kind of made sense because it was like, all right, this is more tied to sustainability and survival. Mm. We whereas, have two people to run the household. Exactly. Right? Whereas now we see a lot of people, a lot of, you know, millennials and whatnot putting off marriage 
kind of for the same reason, but for a different modality in that, you know, a lot of people aren't getting, a lot of people in our generation aren't getting married as young because I was like, oh, I want to work on my, you know, my job, my mm-hmm. career track, or I want to go to school or something like that. So in a way it is still kind of tied to economics, but in a different flavor, sure. almost like an inverted flavor. On the other hand though, I have a, a, a couple friend um, who got married. Oh gosh, he was 18 and she was 19. And, but they are more, were at the time more kind of working class oriented. He was a mechanic. She was a bank teller. And so I wonder if the class aspect has, or how it plays into it. That's the other side of it. Because economics, you know, marital economics is definitely a factor. Mm -hmm. And given how our economy and how our working force has changed from the 40s and 50s to now, I mean, it kind of makes sense, but it, it, it does kind of raise the question of, you know, do more kind of working class blue collar families get married, get started earlier than more, you know, professional white collar sure. families do? I can see that. Mm, head scratcher. Mm, we need a sociologist. That'd be cool. Like if we, if we had actually some big name people in here, that'd yeah. be amazing. If you're a, if you're a big name <laughs> sociologist, just slumming it around podcasts, hit us up. <laughs> You know, whatever. Do, we'll, doing, the, doing the slum podcast We'll tour. zoom you in. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down. Fantastic. <laughs> so what about your parents, Jake? Older, younger? Uh, I feel like they're younger than Griff's parents, maybe? I maybe. believe so. So my, this is an interesting fact about my family. Uh, my folks were six years apart. Dad was older. Uh, they got married when mom was 17. And so it was definitely just kind of odd. Back at, This was back in what the... Late eighties. Math um, is hard. Yeah, I I forget when. Well, Twenty years ago is no longer the eighties, and it breaks me every time. I yeah, know, right. It's, what the hell? <laughs> I'm just trying to remember how long they were married before they had me. Um, but yeah, like late eighties. Yeah, it would have that been. Could be a fun and topic so too. it was still like, I know. Um, <laughs> deeply mm-hmm. disturbing. Deeply disturbing topic. Well, I'm just saying, most people get married because <laughs> there might be a child in the works. My parents definitely did not. They waited seven and a half years to have me. They were living life. Yeah. Oh, wow. Also, my dad went back to school, so there's, that. there's that. Yeah. Sorry, and continue. so uh, what had ended up happening was uh, dad had come back or somewhat early from the Navy into the same town that he grew up in, re-met my mother after many, many years of not seeing oh. her because they grew up in the same town, and then he his family moved away um, and fell in love, did the whole thing, and... My mom's dad, for whatever reason, uh, asked the only elder in the church about, like, should I let my daughter get married at 17? Who let his daughter get married at, like, 15? Mm. Was this Alabama? (laughs) No, this was, well, this was almost. It was uh, Sagal, Idaho. Mm. I just like that he goes to, like, he knows the man that's going to give him the answer he wants. I, right. Yeah, I'm like, not even sure which answer an he wanted. Response. Right, it it's is. like going to your mother versus your dad when you like you have oh, a yeah, question yeah, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> if mom, I mom. want this answer, you know, I go here or there. But he went to a guy that's like, you know, he's good. You know what he's going to say, right? Yeah, and so I mean, it worked out for the most. It, the The issues within the marriage, I think, were not a f- cause of the age that they got married at. Let me put it that way. And so, yeah, just definitely another weird set of things like they grew up they both grew up in rural ish idaho dad had eventually moved out to spokane and stuff like that and so it's um yeah i don't know i feel like my folks kind of fell somewhere in between fair enough in, in regards to like the lifestyle between them um that's another fun thing that, that we look at as far as like the whole marriage thing is i know people who live very separate lives and happen to live in the same household mm-hmm. they are married um, but they just happen to exist in the same time and space. But that's about it. Like they don't plan anything together. He works, she works. He they're just kind of life companions. Yeah, like they they exist. Interesting. Um, I also have a, a couple, a, a friend, a group of mine that every waking hour must be spent with the significant other. I like love my wife. Right? Not that much. And that's, and that, and that, <laughs> right? And or I, you love her enough to not. Also, that. Like, also yeah. a thing, right? It's a that's, joke, Jake. That well, said so nicely compared sorry. to how Griff did it. I thought I was the master of rhetoric here. I mean, yeah, it's. I feel like it comes down to um, deciding on the dynamics of the relationship, I guess, sure. right? Well, and I've, I've heard from some groups, mostly religious, that 
having separate lives like that is not appropriate. Like it's not healthy for the relationship. It's not. Which is funny because it, taking it from a religious context, yeah. taking it like that's not far off from scripture. Yeah. Right. Like, that's kind of what I thought. <laughs> the guys would go off. The ladies would be there to basically bear children. Yep. But yeah. And that's the thing is like my parents, I, I don't know what it was like when I was younger. Cause I wasn't paying that close of attention. Sure. I was annoyed when more than one of them was in the house at all times. My mom, uh, we lived on a farm, right? So mom was always home. She did canning. She did gardening. She did stuff around the house. Dad went out and actually you know, ran equipment and right. did farming stuff. And, of course, she would go help as necessary. But predominantly she was home with me. And it's just like, can you not be here for like five minutes? I just want to watch my show in peace. Because <laughs> <laughs> inevitably there was always something that needed to be done. Like, oh, help me, help me, you know, clean the right. rugs. You or lived on a farm, Help me do Russ. the laundry or help me garden or... It's like, oh, my God. And then I get in with that. It's like, oh, finally a free time. Dad would show up. Hey, let's go fencing. Kill me now. <laughs> yep. Um, but, like, as far as their juxtaposition in regards to them being in the same household at the same time, pretty much we guaranteed meals together. Like, that was a family thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it was from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. We were in the dining room. We were having dinner. We were watching the 12 o'clock news on fucking CBC or CN, CNBN. CNBC? CNBC. Wow, it's three letters. Dude, I, <laughs> four? CNBC? Your parents watched CNBC. I don't know. I doubt it. Whatever. There, there was some <laughs> random acronyms. We're in the middle of Idaho. Then it'd be like K something. KLEW? Sure. KSPS? We're going to edit so much of this. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Thank God we have an editor that's competent. I know. <laughs> Anyways, so <laughs> they, w- they would always do meals together. But generally, Dad was out of the house. Mom was at home. There was no... You know, they didn't really hang out. Um, when I was getting older, it occurred to me that this was happening. And the few times they were together, like I was in the household and I could hear it happening upstairs, was they would constantly nitpick at each other. Mm. Like just, well, how come you do this? How come you can't clean up after this? How come you? And I, it's interesting because Sean and Audrey over here are laughing. Because <laughs> we didn't nitpick her. No, because we didn't think you would say nitpick. <laughs> is that? Wow. Wow. This is a family show. Oh, we got it, Sean. What? Oh, you still don't get it? I missed something. You said my parents were up when they were alone. They'd be upstairs constantly nitpicking. Right? Yeah. We didn't think you'd say nitpicking. Ah, <laughs> fair. This is a family show. <laughs> that anyway, wasn't prefaced to Scotch yet. <laughs> that wasn't oh prefaced to it. Not really. Oh no. She laughed first. Anyways, I, I was I'm more curious. of like a, a shock, like oh, that's so sad. <laughs> just, right. Just imagining that. Good save. Right. So what about you guys? Like, how is your day-to-day life? <laughs> how, we're how, how much do you nitpick? How much do you we're nitpick? constantly <laughs> upstairs nitpicking. Who's <laughs> wow. <laughs> but, go ahead. Yeah, no, I think we have a good balance. Um, Equal nitpicking amongst the two of you? Um, well, a little <laughs> oh. nitpicking, but I think we have a good balance of kind of spending time together and then spending time separately because we've been working from home recently. Mm. Um, and so we have our offices, like my office is on the main floor and his office is upstairs. So by necessity, we're like separated for that. But, you know, he'll come downstairs and make lunch and we'll have lunch together. And he might come down and, you know, let me know about something that's on the news or whatever. And then we have dinner together. And then most of the time we like most nights we separate and we have our own different interests and hobbies that we like to do. Um, Which I find that's not something older couples usually have. Like the older generation really didn't have their own hobbies. They just existed together because in the same space. Because their hobby was surviving? And that might be it. <laughs> but but I, I look at a lot of my older coupled friends and their after dinner entertainment is they go sit in the living room and watch TV for three hours until they go to bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my that's my parents. That's or how magazines. I grew up, yeah. Sure. Well, I, I think one one. One point as far as us specifically is since we work together, we met at work, we do literally the same job. And so it's like when we're in the office and like when we were dating, we were dating the entire time we were in the office, we were, we would um, like when we'd have conversations, we could have conversations about work. And then when we were married and then there was times where we do drive into the office, um, you know, recently it's like, oh, we can talk about work for the hour drive into work. And then we can talk about work for the hour drive back, but we can also talk about all other types of mm-hmm. things. And so like, you know, it's, it's not, it, we always are up to date kind of on what the other person is doing when it comes to that. And since we see each other at work and other things, it's like, Oh, I already saw you 
you know, at this mm-hmm. thing. It's like, oh, I have a work event. It's like, oh, well, you know, like some couples, it's like, well, I wouldn't go to that work event that you're like meeting. It's like, yeah. well, no, we're both there. So, exactly, you know, right. and so but I think. Doesn't that cut down on the topics of, of conversation? I mean, I, I find that that might be a glitch. I think it's, it's a weird, you lose some, you gain some. Sure. Like you, since you always see each other and you both work at the same place, you know what's going to happen. Like, you know what's going on, mm-hmm. but also you can have conversations that you didn't, that you wouldn't be able to have because they don't know, you know. What's actually happening at work. You know, yeah. the guy in account is like, who, I, I don't know who Bill. that person is. It's, remember Bill? I talked to right. you, I told you about him. Right. And then you have to like <laughs> catch him up on that. Yeah. And it's like, so we're able to have more conversations, but they're usually more concise because you're like, you know that person. And they're like, yeah, I know that person because we both know yeah. that person. But I think also it's just like you guys were saying with kind of like, you know, their hobbies were to watch TV and, and whatnot together. I think something, and it, it always comes off very coarse, but like one of my sayings was always, I, you know, I live 20 before we started dating. I was like, I live 20 some odd years without you. And you live 20 some odd years without me, that it's like, we should still be able to have our own sure. things. And that's mm-hmm. kind of like a mantra as far as like, like we like doing stuff together. And obviously we married each other because we like doing things together, but also like, we don't need to do everything together. Like I kind of feel time. it's almost like a societal norm that people have to do everything together, right? If you think about a standard family, it's like, oh yeah, you know, husband, wife, and they go out and do picnics and whatnot, and they're always doing things together and making sure their kids are happy and doing all the extracurricular activities and whatnot. Um, you don't really hear about the, oh yeah, no, dad's, you know, gets home from work and says, yep, I'm going to go out with the guys. And mom, you know, usually that's, that's the first like red flag of a bad marriage, right? It's like, oh, dad's going out with the guys. Well, I'm just going to sit here and drink. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sorry, too close that to hit home. a little, <laughs> not for me. But. <laughs> yeah. no, I mean, watch sitcoms, right? I mean, that, that's like right. a red flag of, oh, the, he's going to go out. Well, I'm going to sit here and, you know, talk Do to my nothing. cat and drink and right. watch sad films or something. I mean, it's, it's stereotypical, but it's kind of a thing. It's a very 90s sitcom approach. I think That's why I stopped watching sitcoms. <laughs> I think part of it, I think part of it from that I've kind of noticed and like evaluated kind of on my own is, is that like I have a few friends before we got married. And so it was like, well, I obviously want to keep well, Obviously friendships. those are gone now because you're married, right? No, like I that probably, was the first requirement. I probably spend more time with wow. them, but it's like, well, you used to live with, I used to live Most with them. them. Oh. And the thing is, is that because I've had roommates and stuff and like I went off to college and lived with friends at college. And when I got home, I lived in apartments with them and stuff. I think that having more of those friends, I, I, we have less dependence on each other because there's other people. And like, she plays video games and hangs out with like her siblings and stuff and, and her friends that way. And I have my own friends that I hang out with. Whereas I think some of the friend, some of my, some of the people I know where their parents and their childhood and stuff were focused more on family, family. than they're more used to wanting to just stay in the family. Mm. I spent a lot of time with my family and, and my family's like involved in, in stuff. But I think because I had so many friends throughout the years that I'd go hang out with, especially college and later, that I feel like that creates independence within our marriage because we're used to are independent groups and that's who we like go to at night to play games or, or hang out or whatever. Whereas the couples I see that rely heavily on each other and being together come from families or situations where they relied heavily on their siblings or parents or stuff hmm. for entertainment throughout most of their year sure. years until they were married. Interesting. That's no, that is an interesting fact because my, my parents were very much of that, you know, did a lot of things together they had their individual their individual interests, but because they were both in education, they had similar year yearly schedules, basically. Um, but then my wife's parents, uh, her dad worked overseas a lot, like the majority of her life, he was working, you know, in Kuwait or somewhere. And her mom, I don't think, had a job, so was around, you know, just kind of maintained the household economy, such as it were. So. It's kind of it's it, it's an interesting look at how the parents' relational dynamics influence the children's relation, relational dynamics. Oh, we're blaming stuff on our parents again. That's a later episode. <laughs> yeah, it's this psychoanalysis episode. <laughs> so, do you guys have like similar like mutual hobbies? All because you're both and you're both gamers, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, is there stuff like oh, this is like something we kind of do together, not co-equally necessarily 
I think since a lot of the marriage we've been in quarantine and like with COVID True. and stuff, I think we do spend a lot of time like, cause we always isolate usually dinner. It's usually dinner that we come together and we'll watch like a TV series or like, um, like there was the, that Disney WandaVision? WandaVision and stuff. So we like watched those. And so then it was like something we did together at dinners. And then nowadays it's usually like we're watch we, we watch sports and stuff. Cause I'm big into sports and she doesn't know sports. And so it's an opportunity for us to discuss ideas and stuff where she's learning something and I'm and getting invested and interested in these topics. She doesn't know. And cool. you know, with it being football season and baseball is going on and all that there's always something every day of the week during dinner. And so like, that's kind of when we get together. Yeah. Like off the top of my head, I don't think of a lot of like activities that we are constantly like um, both working in, but I think we both show a healthy amount of interest in each other's um, interests. Like, I mean, with sports and stuff before I, we, I, you know, started dating Sean, I didn't know anything about sports, but because I just really liked hanging out with Sean and talking to Sean, like, I was able to kind of um, get introduced to sports and it was, it was something cool that we could bond over. And while he was explaining, you know, the, the fundamentals of like baseball and football and like, and that would be something like for me to learn. And um, similarly, like Sean will ask me questions about like um, the video games I'm playing or he shows interest in like the art that I make. I think, I think with the video games, what's nice is because we don't play the same games, it's not like we're, playing together and we're getting frustrated if we're doing bad or anything like that. What's nice is because we play two separate kind of like genres and areas all together. She can tell me about these games I've never played and will never play. And then I can tell her about these games that she'll never play. And we kind of cover the spectrum I like that that way. Cause again, sure. we're not playing as much together, but we're able to have conversations. Well, it's still in the same, you know, we're both video game players kind of thing. It's right. You can, you can, you're empathetic to I'm having a bad day because this or that, or, you know, whoever created this game is an idiot. You know, <laughs> yeah. That kind of stuff. I like it. Jake, you've been unusually quiet. Do you like yeah. to interject anything interesting about uh, <laughs> your lack of marriage life? I'm a confirmed <laughs> oh, bachelor. So I, my, my I was wondering if you were going to cut that section out, but I know he's out of the there's like a sexual innuendo and he's using the f-bomb i, I know, thought right? we were like i said he's the one he has to edit himself all the time i do i i, do I was i was like gonna say yeah. i'm gonna wait until someone else swears i'm not gonna be the first person to swear it's always him <laughs> but still don't swear because yeah, he's, he's the editor he gets licensed i mean i just yeah i just like usually snip part of the part of the audio or if i can't snip it for some reason i with an overbearing screeching sound on it <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> just re-record it can you re have you ever called a re-record uh, Are you calling Griffin? You're like, say this exact sentence without. No, I haven't. Uh, we attempted to re-record an entire level. episode, which also ended up in a flaming dumpster fire. Oh, a little bit. Uh, but you know, it was pretty good. <laughs> Jake is literally wearing a dumpster fire. I pen. am. I love I it. I am. I love this pin so much. The, can, can we I put have that on our merch thing? page somewhere? Uh, well, because somebody already sells it, so probably. that's fine. We can link to it. I don't care. Like, Look, we can design. The pilot needs that. We can design a dumpster with a fire coming out of it. That is not a. That's fair. I have a plushie of it. I know, right? Of course right? you do. I do. Did you get one for our other couple friend's child? Because that would be something. No, be I got amazing. him a stuffed possum instead. That's even Aww. better. Yeah. So when, when Jake showed me that lovely plushie dumpster fire, I had to buy one. It's one sitting on my desk at work. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to get one for people my desk. It, do it. It's amazing. I'm do it. Yeah. Anyways, so my, my general outlook on the whole <laughs> marriage thing, right? Buckle your seatbelts, kids. About do, to we get want, weird. do we want to do the scotch break first? Maybe before we, we should dive do into the this? scotch break All first. All right, let's do a scotch Why break. Why don't we do that? This is your regularly scheduled scotch break. So you're saying that scotch doesn't kill COVID? Probably not. Oh, damn, I've been drinking a whole lot of it trying to do that. I, say, I drink enough of it, it'll kill anything. Yeah, mm -hmm. no kidding. Yeah, a long <laughs> enough timeline. <laughs> so do Tide Pods. True. Much shorter timeline. Much shorter timeline. Yeah. Yep. Continue, so, Jake. Thank you? Go ahead and continue there, Jake. Uh, so in tonight's Scotch Break, we're delving a little bit back into the history of Scotch. Uh, did you know that we have a tiny little vine louse to thank for the existence and prevalence of scotch today. Vine louse. Yes. 
Uh, you have to expand on that. So I'm going to probably mispronounce this, but it's phylorexa. Um, so back in the Victorian area, era, not area. There is a Victorian Vic- area. There is, too. It is. It's in Canada. Yes. Back in the Victorian era, uh, most of the working class drank gin. Naval towns would drink rum. Whiskey didn't really actually have much of a marketplace. Um, when French colonists traveled to the New World, they tried bringing in their wine, but you know the grapes, or excuse me, they tried bringing in their grapes, but they didn't really flourish in the North American soil, and so they had to use American grapes. Ended up loving it. However... Um, they brought all of these grape plants back into Europe, which tags along a little bit of phylorexa. So it's an aphid that survives um, this long voyage to Europe and eventually just kind of uh, decimates all well, of the species. It's an invasive species with no natural yeah. predator, like, right? It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's really impressive how much just a small amount of change in an ecosystem can really wreck it. Oh, and this didn't completely wreck like the entire European ecosystem, but it did but it certainly wreck it. the entire European wine economy. Uh, so farmers kept trying to employ like really strange methods to deal with the outbreak, including burying a live toad under each vine. Spraying, That's a lot of toads. Mm-hmm, spraying uh, fields with urine. That's a lot of urine. Uh, irrigating yeah, with holy that. water from lords um, <laughs> and even hiring marching bands to drum the aphids out of their uh, subterranean Ooh, To literally drum them out I of town. I really wanted, like, I would love to have seen Yeah, this. but they'd be French, so they wouldn't, it, it wouldn't be like if the, the Scots were drumming them That's out of town. Because if the <laughs> Scots were drumming them out of town, they would probably leave. Yeah, well, true. Yeah, they'd also kill the plants. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, and at the same time, merchants were resorting to fraud brandy basically and just uh, cut it like imagine how our drugs are being cut today with really fair. horrible stuff but with brandy which was a lot more common and a lot of people were drinking it and so Wait, is, uh, that, is that where like the french like people mixing it with uh glycol and stuff like that where it came from what there was an entire epidemic over in like france at some point in the probably 16 1700s where they were cutting alcohol with glycol and killing people because they would put a little too much in um, but it was a way of keeping it sweet. How did while... they get glycol in the 1600s? I have no idea. That's antifreeze. Basically, yeah. Anyways, if you know about this, comment below. Is this the Austrian Fantastic. wine poisonings? Maybe. If you're a bio, that was like if you're a historical 1900s. biochemist, was that the 1900s? I don't know. The, I don't know the specific. I know it was a while ago, but Somebody to me, a while ago is any more than 30 years. So that's true. Fantastic. Anyway, so anyways, so brandy is in the toilet. Nobody wants to drink it. <laughs> Sometimes literally. Uh, yeah, accurate. Um, Prison wine? Normally, you would think that this is the time where whiskey can make its comeback, but it actually kind of couldn't yet, um, basically because it was just really horrible and astringent. And eventually, um, they actually started getting all of these old ex-sherry casks, just messing around with it, and it resulted in a smoother, more complex drink. Whiskey matured the, uh, and tasted much more passable than brandy at that time, certainly. Uh, and many brandy drinkers who would normally drink brandy loved scotch and whiskey now because of the aging in the sherry casks. And so interesting. I've heard that. Yeah. By yeah. 1890, uh, in that decade, 33 new distilleries opened wow. for surprising. scotch, which is quite a lot for back then. So it's quite a lot for now. <laughs> uh, and the the quote that I'll end with from this article is even so uh, scotch hung on only by a thread. And at some point in 1930s, uh, the number of active distilleries actually dropped into the single digits. We can't be sure, but the, under the conditions of the pre phylorexa phylloxera, there we go. Phylloxera <laughs> epidemic. The Scottish whiskey industry might not have survived in such a slump in comparison the much smaller Irish whiskey industry fared far worse and was only just starting to recover from the deadly blow. So just um, without these aphids decimating the European wine crops, we probably wouldn't have scotch. And we wouldn't be able to do scotch and socialism because what else would we, you know, alliterate socialism with? Shiraz. Okay, I'll do that. You're welcome. I'll drink to that. Shiraz and socialism. Uh, you can't, You the problem is you couldn't get drunk and try to say that. No. Imagine trying to say oh, be terrible. Shiraz. I don't actually know socialism. how to say Shiraz now. I'm probably okay. saying it wrong. If you're a linguist, comment below. Also, how your boy? Um, <laughs> also, can you spell sommelier? No. There's an R <laughs> in there somewhere. Yes, it's 
They're my kinda... cousin's a sommelier. That's all I know. She Perfect. Went, she went to wine school. Wine school. She's an educated wino. Yeah. Excellent. Well, cool. So back at the topic of hand. At. At. Hand. hand. I yeah. have a problem with words tonight. Yeah, we know. Tonight? Tonight. Tonight. He's not even drunk, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not usually That drunk. implies that we are. We're not. I mean, you did pour me a massive amount of scotch. His his lovely little kerjigger there is about half full. Kerjigger? Kerjigger. Kerjigger. You know, a jigger is actually a measurement of alcohol. It is. It is. You all should probably stop saying similar (laughs) words. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, get your money. Never mind. Anyway. (laughs) Fantastic. Back to the marriage side of the world. I have no intention of getting married anytime in the near future. It's not even just, for political gain? Not even if I got you in my hood? Possibly Ooh. for political gain. What if yeah. like a duchess of something just wandered into the world headquarters of Digitember on Sprague Avenue and was like, I need a suitor. <laughs> Would you turn that down? Yeah. Why? That's highly suspect. Uh, <laughs> do a little research. You have the Googles. I do have the Googles. God, marriage for political gain was like, the thing up until absolutely the 1700s. Now I might do it for financial gain. The same thing. Just same thing. But uh, political gain. How the heck gain, are you going to do it thing. for financial gain? Maybe she's a billionaire. I was going to say. Well, mm-hmm. no, I don't. Yes and no, right? What if it's one of the Walton family? Could she, he handle that though? I don't think he could handle. Oh, if Russ, uh, Ooh, could you handle? There's an interesting question. Could you handle your spouse making more than you? My answer. Definitely, because she does. I was going to say, and, <laughs> yeah, because that that I can go do my own thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, I, I like, my, my dream is to marry a rich heiress. Really? Yeah. You know, there's some 95-year-olds that are clinging on to life right rich now. Rich, young can... heiress. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good way to qualify. They're usually not the ones who are hurting for suitors. Not no. generally. I hear no, Paris no. is looking, though. And Hilton? Yeah. Mm. Can we not? Mm. I mean, can we not? We we cannot. Well, I guess it is a nice thing that Griff poured me so <laughs> much scotch. All the scotch. Because he's gonna need just, it. Just chug that, and then let's talk about your your uh, Please love never life. Chug scotch. Let's talk you about your love life. This episode took. A I thought turn. Russ was about to talk. And I just did. I'm not gonna get married. That's the that's the end. That's of his. Of it. That's yeah. his thing. I don't, I don't know. know. How, how did turn the page? How did you get chapter? there? Well, you see, once upon a time, once upon a time, there was. Yeah, we'll skip over a few things. Yada yada, and then I appeared. So <laughs> they were nitpicking upstairs. <laughs> once a, once a, <laughs> it's funny. It's funny because nits are another term for lice. Uh, call back to the scotch. I was going to say once upon a time, Russ existed. <laughs> okay. Which is we don't know if you started. The I want to see your long form birth certificate. I know. Right. I do too. Maybe you'll find it. <laughs> Did they have exists. those on a farm? Maybe. I think Russ just crawled out of the soil. <laughs> that's not an insult by the way i know no I'm, I'm good with that i'm good with that that's fine turns out babies don't come from storks they get pulled out of the ground like turnips <laughs> yeah. I, I like to think i'm a rutabaga uh, <laughs> potato potato everybody was so potatoes. versatile anyways no i just i concentrated on my career when i got out of college i continued to concentrate on my career beyond that i started working five jobs instead of three and <laughs> just kind of pushed it even further and at this point i've decided that i'm done working and should I happen to find the right woman? Sure, that'd be fine. At this point, I think it's just I'm waiting for my parents to die, specifically my mother, because it's out of spite. She does not listen to this podcast, by the way. And Hopefully. I love her to death. I really do. Mm. That's what you just said. You love her to death. <laughs> interesting choice of words. No, it, it's fine. We get along. It's fantastic. Every, I swear to God, every time we get together for a holiday, it's when am I getting grandkids? And I'm like, you have like five with the other kids. I'm not having grandkids. You're not going to be alive for it. Don't worry about it. It's fine. But it's it's this complete and utter disrespect for me to be like, just go find someone. I just want grandkids. I'm like, I could pay for could, it. Would that be okay? She's like, that'd be fine. I just some. want kids. I'm like, no. <laughs> so, so you were saying that that you um, were focusing like on your career yeah. and your own interests. Absolutely. And that was one of the driving forces behind myself when I was looking through and dating girls mm-hmm. throughout the years was that I wanted to make sure that I was able to not only be a part of the relationship and but be fully continue. invested, but also still be myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that we do that, that we emphasize a lot is, is I've seen a lot of relationships where it's like, Oh, I mm. used to do this thing. Then I got married. And mm. since you decided like, okay, I couldn't find that. And you committed to that, which I applaud because I committed to that until, and until then we found it until right? we found it. And then, and then we both agreed, like, I don't want to give up any of what makes me, me, 
and that and that is partially what causes us to have most nights where we go do our own thing is because we have that appreciation for like I still want to be me as a person. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's what you know, that's kind of the thing where I'm at is I just don't expect it at this point. Like it if it happens that I can find a a beautiful woman that, you know, happens to share interests with me and we happen to get along in that way, great. You know, but I'm that's that's not the goal. Like I know people who explicitly went out to find a family mm-hmm. and they said, Well, my my career can wait, I'll figure that out after I get my family and then some of them became stay at home dads, which is fantastic. They love it, right? Um, some of them are now hating life because they're trying to balance this thing where it's like, well, I want to spend time with my wife, but I can't because I'm working all the time and I get home and then she gets home and like we have like an hour and then I need to go to bed because I got to get up in the morning and mm-hmm. like it, it's just this turmoil. And it's like, I don't want that. I just want to have my life. I want to share it with someone, sure. But I'm not going to be the first one out in the bar scene being like, hey, you single? Hey, you single? Yeah, it's not a good look. You know, it's not, it's not me. I think sure. that's I think that's a more postmodern approach to finding relationships. Yeah. You know, because it's not as much about survival anymore. Oh, no. You know, we don't need children to run the farm to produce enough food right? that we don't mm-hmm. starve to death in winter. Dad is one of eight. Right. And my <laughs> grandfather, both of my paternal grandparents were one of multiples. Yeah. And they had to because my mm-hmm. my grandmother's family were sharecroppers. They were literally raised in burlap cotton sacks. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather's family, I'm not 100% sure, but there's probably some uh, aggregate work there somewhere. This is in the rural south in the 30s. So you're either, you know, a farmer or a nurse or a school teacher, I guess. Pretty I don't much, know. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, it made a lot more sense, you know, from a survival standpoint. Um, but now it's, I know survival's not, well, survival looks different. It I is. I guess you could say. Well, there's a level of, I want to continue my line as a family. I mean, that would be a thing, but it's not like the driving force in what I do in my life. Like I want to go out and do my own thing. Right. And if it happens to include someone else, that'd be awesome. See, that's yeah. an interesting generational gap because I feel like there is more of a desire for lineage among older generations because oh, yeah. I got the grandkids parents I got the grandkids talk from my grandparents quite a bit even yeah. before I was married you know right. well because I'm you know I'm the last son yeah. on both sides and so yeah the Shelley line and the Watson line would end with me if I didn't have a son but that gets so far into like it just feels like, like it like, feels like medieval. It's right? like, oh, it, or you know, this is my heir to bequeath. I don't have anything to bequeath. You know, I don't it, have it's land. It's <laughs> what? It's Griffson. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. But there's not as much, you know, I don't think there's as much need now for a lineage or for, you know, well, populating make, while young. I mean, I think the idea behind it is that some people still consider that to be their life's work, right? It, right. It's, it's how they continue to live on after they're gone is by having kids and, and having them leave their mark on the world. And I just don't really care. Like I'm, I'm leaving my mark on the world and when I'm dead and gone, I'm not going to care because, well, I'm not going to be here. Yeah. So yeah, it's fine. But I, I definitely understand the other side of that as well. Like it, it makes sense to me. I just don't think that's what I'm aiming for. Sure. How about you, Griff? Not Griff. How about you, Jake? <laughs> and he's not even drinking, I folks. Swear to God, really I'm not. not. Do he's we look drunk. that close to alike? Be honest. R- really? That's <laughs> 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 uh, some high proof water you got there, Russ. Yeah, it's, I think it's vodka. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, just a, just an entire pint of. Vodka. We're gonna have to edit that out. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's stoly, isn't it? It's stoly yeah, for yeah. when you just want to get drunk. <laughs> when you don't want to have a liver anymore. Um, I yeah, I, I feel like relationships have certainly taken taken a turn over our generation, especially. Um, I honestly like listening to the both of you after after my previous relationships and them not ending super well, in large part because um, you know not having not having those. Re- relationship boundaries, I guess is what I would kind of classify them as. Um, you know, it kind of in a not really sappy way, I hope gives me kind of hope for future relationships because it's pretty rare that I get to talk to a couple like y'all who can do their own things on by themselves, enjoy spending time with each other at the same time 
whatever, where most of the time, especially growing up within the church, it was that very much codependent idea. And I use codependent in the more negative way this time where you constantly had to be doing things. I still catch conversations every now and then of like, um, oh, he, I don't know, he like didn't make me feel special in this one particular instance, which I think boils down to a lot of communication about the relationship. What do you need out of the relationship? What do yeah. you need to make yourself feel um, feel safe and valued in the, in the relationship? And to each person, that's going to be different. And to each, um, mer- each relationship, that's going to be different. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm to the point where it's, I would love to be in a relationship and find that person, but I'm also at the point where I can wait because I've seen the bad you know the pitfalls. outcomes. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting being the observer to a lot of relationships now. Like most of my friends are mover. married. Yeah. So that, that was the thing for a long time until you actually moved out here. I was the kind of single guy in the group with the exception of, of Sean when I first met him a couple of years ago. Right. Um, and then that just got ruined. And then that got ruined. And that How dare you. Oh, hey. We're I, 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 I <laughs> still here. I will say that a couple of my friends that who got married when I knew them did push me aside for the first couple of years. And it's not to say it's necessarily a bad thing, but I definitely felt a little shunned by it. Sure. You know, it's just like, well, you know, can we go hang out like we used to? And it's like, no, no, I, I got my wife's. I'm like, okay, you're, you're married now. That's great. But right. we can't spend lunch and chat about things. No, See, no that's I, interesting. I got to be home with the wife. You know, she, she expects me to be home. It's like, for lunch? For lunch? Did like, I do that? No. Yeah, no. <laughs> no I, I, and, and your guys' relationship actually gives me hope, right? It's the idea that I could find someone who's just as independent as I am and has the same ideals. And I think that would make a, an amazing you know, person for me. But, you know, unfortunately, that's the other thing, too, is, is the whole dating scene at this point in my life versus, you know, previous. Dating previously was, well, they're in your hometown and your parents know their parents and they kind of, mm, you should go hang you out with them. You could basically just take applications at this point because, well, I mean, I feel like the older you get, right? the less BS you're willing to put up with. Like, yeah, hey, yeah. do you like steak? No? All right. Well, <laughs> have a nice life, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, now, how, how old are you? 28. 28. So, like, we got, going off of multiple people's points, like, talking about, like, pressure to have kids and to get married and stuff like that. I think we both kind of felt that strongly Mm. all the way. And I mean, like I come from, so, so Audrey's never dated anyone before me and I dated, not seriously. And then I, I dated many, not like, (laughs) (laughs) not like a ton, but like, but like I dated enough to, to, to have dated many different personalities and styles right, sure. and stuff like that. Well, so I, like, I don't get ice cream and get vanilla every time, right? I get a little bit of everything because I want to know what I like. Right. Does that make sense? Sure. I this want, is, I want this is a metaphor you, that's going to get so, very oh, man. So, stretched. Okay, so, but like, as both of you were saying, as it kind of gives us, uh, you guys were like, you both said, oh, it gives me hope kind of seeing that, you know, we were able to find someone. But it's like, me on in my case like it's like i dated someone in high school that Mm. i was like oh this is it like we were great together and it didn't work out and then i've dated different religions different ethnicities different like ages like in college i dated someone that was a freshman and i was a senior like i dated all different kinds and i've had the worst of the worst you know um uh i've had a gold digger i've had and that was like when I first got out of college and I was, you know, I was like, well, good thing she didn't see how much I make now <laughs> comparatively, <laughs> but it's like, I've had a gold digger. I've had like, you know, I've, I've been, I've been sexually harassed and stuff like that. And it's like, you see all these very negative ones and you're like, you get the pressure from your, your grandparents or your parents or whatever. And they're like, when are you having kids? Just when are you getting someone. married? Right. Just right. find someone. And you're like, well, I found like 20 over the past like 10 years of my life and man, I don't like any of them. Mm -hmm. And so then you kind of get to that point where it's like, okay, you commute, you know, when you get into your relationships and like we got into this one, you know, it was communicated thoroughly that first of all, communication is the most important thing, but also communicating going like, Hey, I mythic raid world of Warcraft. (laughs) And that takes 12 hours a week. And I'm going to continue to raid mythic world of Warcraft. Yes. When we're dating and, and not raid shadow legends, not raid shadow legends, <laughs> not sponsored, but like yet. And so that was like a thing that right out the gate, I was like, I'm going to still do that. And, mm-hmm. and I've had multiple girls that said, yep, that's fine. I've had multiple girls that said, nope, nope that's I'm not out. fine. <laughs> and, and not specifically that, that example, but in sure. different things where it's oh, like, sure. I'm going to be myself. And it's like, in our conversation, you know, it was, Audrey was like, I'm going to do this. Are you good with that? Yep. And I'm, and I said, I'm going to do this. And so, you know, but it took me a lot of trial and error 
And sure. for Audrey, it's a lot of the first <laughs> first go at this. <laughs> Which, so. yeah, that's so. Was did that create any interesting dynamics having such a widely differing experience uh, in romantic relationships prior to getting together? Or um, I think so because, like, I mean, I was. Um, I'm not sure how I was t- mid twenties when we first started dating. And so like I've gone like my teenage years and early twenties, like just watching dating from the outside and not really experiencing it. So it was definitely a lot of um, crash course learning for me, I guess. But Sean was really great about, he, he put a big focus on communication, like from the beginning um, talking about kind of what he wanted to see in a relationship and kind of like past relationships problems that he'd seen in the past um well i've also and i've also seen him encourage you to express your views of stuff oh yeah absolutely and i mean it it can be kind of a it it has has been a struggle kind of in the past because i'm definitely more of a quiet passive person and i'm just generally good to go with the flow and and so like people can assume like because sean talks a lot or he he like states opinions loudly like he's like (laughs) the one in charge and he's got all the opinions and stuff but he like he goes out of his way to make sure like I have a voice and gives me the floor. And he's like, Hey Audrey, please, please tell me what you think. Give me your opinion. Um, I think that's paramount in any relationship. Yeah. And I, I do look at a lot of relationships that haven't gone so well or aren't going so well. And it doesn't have that. It has the person who is, I'm going to be me and you shut up. And it's, you be me too. Yeah. Well, yeah. you, you do what I want you to do. Yeah. I wonder if, I wonder if this kind of trend of more kind of contemporary couples <clears throat> in our age range being, I almost want to say more independent is because we've waited longer than traditional to get married because yeah. we're more kind of like well, you've lived your own solidified life, right? in our identities. Right. There's certainly that. And I think there, it has a lot to do with the general idea of individualism within the States. Um, like we, we as a country are very individualistic, individually minded, individualistically. And uh, sure, sure. I'll allow it. Uh, are we individuals, Jake? Yes. Uh, no, whereas, we are bored. Like many, many other cultures and indeed our culture historically was much more tightly knit. Oh, sure. Where, and I think, uh, I, we don't need to get into, you know, the pros and cons of that, but I think that does have a lot of effect on how, relationships especially within our generation are going like you can look at the marriage stats they're down um which i don't necessarily think is a bad thing now don't let my super conservative family tell or know that i said that um (laughs) i'm sure all of them listen to this oh yes all of them they're not scared away by the actually i still haven't gotten the pamphlet of like why socialism is against the gospel yet (laughs) when you get that can we read it on air yes love it i'm going to like redline the crap out of it um but yeah it's it's definitely an interesting trend and i think in in some ways it can be unhealthy just as in all things like something most things taken to the extreme are going to be unhealthy and so it's it's finding that balance between independency and codependency um and you guys really hit the nail on the head every problem that i've seen in relationships certainly recently has boiled down to a barrier to communication it's always it's always funny because i've dated enough people that like i know what a real fight is like you know (laughs) (laughs) like i know i know what it's like like you know like in one this is like a real example like i was at i was at a friend's birthday and we were at outback steakhouse and i get a text and they're just Mm. like oh we got to talk about this. And I was like, well, I'm like busy. Can we like talk about it after? Like I can come over after they're like, no, we're talking about this now. And I was like, I don't really do fights over text message. So I'm going to go enjoy this bread and I'll see you never. I'm going to let you finish. Right. And it's like one of those things. It's like, it's like, so I know what like a real fight is and something that we often have and, and something I don't think that gets stressed enough in relationships, but especially in marriage when you go from like, we were in the, you know, the good Christian, like don't live together before you get married. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, once we get married, it's like, Oh, you have all these like nitpicking or tiffs Mm -hmm. or back and forth, but it's not like we're fighting and it's not like the end of the world because our fighting is we are communicating 
our thoughts, emotions, and whatever mm-hmm. thoroughly. Intense so that we, fellowship. Right. So we know we're on the same page. And so Audrey will view that as like, oh, that's a, that's a negative. That's a fight. And I'm like, no, no, no. That's us dodging a real fight because I can tell you this example from this time or this time or this time where it's like, if like we could have dodged it with communication and, you mm-hmm. know, and we're just like working it out, massaging it out, working it out without having to have like a massive fight. Well, that's yeah. true of any, and it's, you know. yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense to do that because it, it's we I don't know about you guys. I grew up in an environment where like a disagreement was a fight mm. uh, and yeah. disagreements are bad. And that reflects See on that? some of my own psychology and traumas. But anyways, and so I feel like that's also an older generation thing. Oh, it totally is, especially like if you're looking at gender roles and norms sure. like I've been doing some listening and reading up on how the church portrayed what good relationships were. <laughs> Interesting. Holy cow. The whole Literally. like, make sure the word wife, subservient ends up oh, in there. a lot, a <laughs> lot. The wife come or the wife is just waiting for her man at home. and has to put on a nice dress and have, well, I've read the 1954 sort of good housekeeping, but yeah. that's <laughs> like Leave it still yeah. it preached in so many places. Yeah. Like it's, it's disturbing. And so, but to have, to be able to have disagreements is fine. God, that took me a year of therapy to right? realize. Right. But it, it, disagreements are definitely different than fighting. Having mm-hmm. a disagreement and talking about it openly saves you from one of you, not you guys specifically, but one of the people in the relationship slipping some poison into somebody else's food. Antifreeze. <laughs> like a dark heart. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I think Jake and Sean Andre are both right on this. I don't, I mean, I've been married, like I said, five years, five and a half years. We don't really fight. In the kind of traditional sense of like, you know, yelling and like slamming, slamming doors, doors. And drag just, down knockout. We just, we don't. Find the cops and I still love him. Don't take him away. No, that never happened to you guys. Where's that? I know where you grow up. Never mind. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, you, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was an occurrence. Yeah. <laughs> no. The, but, the front door has been broken more than once by dad throwing people through it. it. It's been a thing. Nice. Oh, yeah. We are both of the mind, and it sounds like y'all are too, that, you know, getting really heated and having a, you know, quote unquote, knockdown drag out fight is so counterproductive to everything because there's not a lot of room for growth in that instance. Whereas you can have a disagreement that you're both very adamant about, but approach it with open communication. And that gives an opportunity for growth and it's a whole lot more productive and your blood pressure doesn't you know go through the roof <laughs> or doors get broken. It's just, yeah, like Christy and I don't, I mean, we disagree on, you know, a lot of stuff, but it's not to the point, it's never gotten to the point where it's like, you know, yelling and anything like that. Just because honestly, I hate getting angry, but. Well, I think that's the, the difference that I've seen as well is you've got couples that are willing to have the conversation mm-hmm. and you've got the couples who really don't care. I have to ask why they don't care right? or if they're mm-hmm. afraid to. It, it's just not healthy in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really the difference of, of the relationships that I've seen. Mm-hmm. The healthy ones, at least the ones that I would classify as healthy relationships were explicitly couples that talked about things. And it's not to say they didn't get into fights. It's not to say they didn't disagree because they are two separate entities that exist, right? right? They're going to have different upbringings, different experiences in the world, mm-hmm. different thought processes. Um, I om- you know, I hate to say it, but I almost view it like a professional relationship. You know, I, I have to give my coworkers benefits of the doubt that they're not just complete idiots. You I know? feel like that's not just professional. I feel like that's well, just it's anything, right? But, but I feel like that was where I learned but it, that's, right? Sure. And I, I, I would like totally sympathize with that statement. I learned a lot of my ability to cope, deal with relationships, <laughs> coping, but usually in negative ways right? for relationships through, through my professional career. But I also learned how to speak up for myself, but also speak up for other people who weren't willing to speak up for themselves. Yeah. And I think that was a, a big turning point for me. And you know, I much like some of the other people in here, therapy is awesome. It, it's a great yep. way to learn really more is. about yourself and it, it's a great way to, to help understand the world because it's not just about you it's about everything but sure it's some it is it's not right. just about you griff it's okay i knew that <laughs> i was asking if you knew it was you, not you just were about married you. it's fine oh, okay but anyway so kind of as a closing thought you know in regards to the health and, and and generally of generalness of these kinds of marriages i feel like a lot more people would do better off if they understood themselves and loved themselves before they love someone else I don't think we can top that, Jake. God, we should just cut it right there. Well, ideally, we'd <laughs> ask for closing thoughts from our guests, but yes. <laughs> guests, closing thoughts. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think I would definitely agree with that. Like, I mean, I think in like my early 20s and teenage years, like, um, I definitely like dealt, struggled with a lot of things. Like, I mean, growing up can be hard and you're sure. trying to figure out who you are and what you want to do. Definitely, um, there were points in my life where it was, it would not have been in any way healthy for me to have tried to have been in a relationship or have been dating anyone. Um, and so I'm, I think like I'm really happy about like the way the state I was in kind of going into the, re- the relationship that I have with Sean. I mean, I wasn't perfect, but it definitely like I'd grown so much by the time I got to that point and I'm still growing as a person with Sean. Um, but definitely that's something like I'm really grateful for in our relationship. I think that's an important distinction to make is growing in parallel and in unison with somebody and not growing like into them. Yeah. Cause I feel like that's a big differentiation between when you get married, when you're really young and your mm-hmm. identity is still fluid and when you get married, well, the identity older. becomes us, not exactly. me and you. But I mean, there is an important aspect of having the us aspect sure. of that identity because that's a, you know, that's something above both of you to work towards. Mm-hmm. Sorry. That was supposed to be a closing thought. There's your closing thought yeah. for me, Sean. Yeah. I, I think that, um, I think because I've noticed that with couples that have less ability to, you know, like you guys were saying with the going to counseling and, and understanding yourself and your emotions and stuff like that, I've seen those are usually the relationships where the communication and and that isn't as strong in those. And I feel that like I got from my, my father, the ability to just say things straight, but I got the emotional understanding of myself from my mother. And so I'm able to, to talk and to be able to explain myself thoroughly and give her the chance and, and help her then also explain herself. And I think a lot of people, especially, you know, we get it cause you know, we, we met at work and stuff. People make jokes, you know, cause I've got a foot on her and probably twice her weight. And it's like, and so it's like, people are like, Oh, Sean dominates you. But it's like, I always go so hard the other direction to be like, okay, here's my emotions. And this is what I'm thinking. And I'm not mad at you. I'm saying that I'm sad or whatever, because this is how I'm feeling on the inside. And then when, and then I make sure I go, okay, now what are you feeling? And I overemphasize and make sure that we both are in there together in those conversations. And I think that, I think that as our culture and as our world progresses in being more understanding of, of being more mental, mentally aware of people with struggles and counseling and all of that, you see these relationships are getting better with the communication and connecting so that both people are getting exactly what they want out of it. Instead of it being like, I lived with that person and I was miserable the whole time. And then you got divorced 30 years in, or you waited till they died or whatever. And I think that as time goes on and people are more able to express themselves and we get away from men having to be above their emotions and women don't have to just be at home, you know, in the kitchen. I think as those both grow, we get to these connections where you're both on equal playing field and talking. And that's how you get, I think our overall topic here of like relationships and marriages are changing because individuals are seeing themselves um, in new lights that allows them to then connect together in new ways as well. Love it. Wow. Love it. That was profound. I like it. Cool. Well, thank you everybody for listening to another episode of Scotch and Socialism. Thank you very much, Sean and Audrey, for joining us for an evening talking about marriage. Shadri. It, it was a really great time to have you guys on. Um, folks, remember to listen and drink responsibly. Also find us on our website, scotchandsocialism.com. Find us on social media, Scotch Socialism on Twitter and Instagram. Have a great one.